The Gina Bianca Podcast is brought to you by the Network Mastermind. Mastermind is a group of industry professionals passionate about education, growth, and community. Mastermind includes weekly coaching sessions on Zoom, support from our amazing community, and beauty industry education that is abundant, high quality, and super relevant to the industry today. If you want to learn more about Mastermind, please visit thenetworksalon.com. Hope to see you there. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. So excited today. I have my friend Daniel Coy. He is so amazing. I was just on his podcast, and we had the best conversation. It was the first time we got to really like hang out. That's what we do on the podcast. We hang out. And it was so awesome. And I was like, please come on mine. Like, this is great. I, I like love everything, um, you know, we, we talked about and I just can't wait to keep the conversation going. So Daniel, he is a union hairstylist, wig maker, educator. He kills it. He's just like the best in the field. And he's also a celebrity hairstylist. So he has all the tea and he has so much vast experience in the industry. And I'm so excited for this conversation to just share with you guys a different area of the industry. You know, there's a different, there's so many um, different opportunities in the beauty industry. My mom always said to me when I was in beauty school, she's like, it's like being a nurse. You have so many opportunities. And then in beauty school, they give you the tree of opportunity. And like, you know, you start with your license and you can go so many different ways. And uh, everything that we, that you do, Daniel is so different to what I do. Like it's, I've never gotten the opportunities. And I would just love for you to tell your story. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming first off and, and listening. Um, cause my story. Ooh, dun, 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 dun. Um, so uh, my mother was a hairdresser. I need to start off with that because a little homage. Um, I would do uh, her wigs when I was a young little boy. Uh, she, she loved hair. So my dad made a salon in the basement. So it was very homegrown. She'd do all of our haircuts. I had the bowl cut forever, that bowl cut. I had really straight hair when I was a kid, um, but I would play with her wigs and I would dress up. I was very a theatrical child. If those of you who could not imagine. Um, so I would like play dress up. My favorite holiday holiday was Halloween. I loved dressing up. I would go all out. Um, and that got me into like wigs and theater. Uh, I did theater for <clears throat> community theater. Let's not go too far. So community theater, uh, I needed a fallback job. So it was a fallback job. I was doing drag. Ugh, I don't like to really mention that part, but we're going to go there. But it gave me so much of a foundation to wigs because that's where like you you have to take a $20 wig and make it look like something beautiful. So that really was the foundation for me of building my wigs and like why I wanted to go into wigs. I always wanted to do Broadway. From the beginning, I wanted to do Broadway. So I went to beauty school doing um, during the day and I did drag at night. I was Miss Paradise in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Um, woo woo. Um, so, oh, wow, you're bringing me back. I'm getting emotional. So I got, I passed the test. Who freaking knew that I would pass this dang test? So. I worked in a mom and pop shop for, let's say a month. It was horrible. I hated it. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go do makeup. 
that when like, you I said that you passed the test, you were talking about the beauty school test. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yes. Same. I got like a seventy. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm a special needs, so I could have someone come and read the test to me. And I was like, who am I going to get to read to me? I brought my aunt. She had four hairs on her head just for the state board practical. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, my God. Sorry hey. to bring that trauma up. No. <laughs> I just I can't it. believe my past. Oh, my God. Okay, so you worked at a mom and pop shop. Worked at a mom and pop shop. Um, hated it. So then I said, you know what? Let me do makeup. Let me go to Lancome. So I worked at Lancome. Um, kind of worked up in their boutique system. So with facials and stuff like that. And then the head, one of their their main makeup artists, his roommate was the supervisor of Spring Awakening on Broadway. And Leah Michelle um, happened to fire her hairdresser. And they needed someone. So his roommate was stressing out and he's like, my friend does hair, but he's working makeup right now, but he's licensed. Really? So he texted me. He's like, can you get here in half an hour? I lived about at least an hour away, but if you speed, yes. So guess who made it to Broadway in half an hour to go do Leah Michelle? This is before she was anything. This is before, um, before, like before Glee, like she was auditioning for Glee as I was working with her. So that's how I started. That's how I got on Broadway. Oh my like, God. Yeah. So that was how I started. And then 23 Broadway shows later, um, I got to work with some incredible talent backstage, a uh, theater. And that's where wigs really became like wigs. Like, because I had that background in my drag wigs, I could style a real beautiful wig. And that transition was really great because I could work with these lace wigs that are costing, you know, five to $30,000 per wig. Um, so in the theatrical world in theater, the production company will buy a wig to make someone look different. So they'll, it'll be like a completely different character. So they can put a uh, red wig on and then a brown wig with a bang, you know, so you can just change their look. So one actor could play like 20 different people with a different wig and different costume. So we're doing like quick changes and we're doing like, like 30 second quick changes. I, I got coined the, basically a lot of the celebrities that would come do Broadway. So um, like, I started with like Jessica Chastain when she came, um, she just did Zero Dark Thirty. So we were doing that with Dan Stevens. And these are people who are like from the TV world. And I brought them to like Broadway, like, no, we have to do a quick change. No, no, every day you have to come here. So we kind of like teaching. And then like when Carly Rae Jepsen was in Cinderella, I had to teach that bundle of joy how to do a 32 second quick change from like wardrobe people changing and hair changing and wigs and like all the, all the things. Um, so that's why I, I love live theater. There's nothing like it. I would pass out. <laughs> it's yeah, but it, you get a track. So you just do, you do the same thing again and again and again. I wish I saved that part of my career for when I was retired because you get one day off, you are, it's an opposite schedule of the real world. So when people are going home from work, I'm going into work. So, and then after a show, I don't want to see anyone. I'm, I'm done. My day is over. Good night. Uh, so I think I missed a lot of opportunities as far as relationships and friendships and stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty much a loner. I have my assistant, thank God. Otherwise it would just be me. Uh, so fast forward, um, I was doing hair on Broadway and that brought me to London. So I got to go to London, which was really fun and exciting. The designer of the show did not have his passport. 
or does not have his green card. So if he left, he wouldn't be able to come back. Um, this wig supervisor, she was too old to do the stairs in London because the wig room was on the top floor. So they sent little old me. When I tell you, um, we shipped the wigs. It got stuck in customs for a month. So I was there for a month on a vacation. I'm like, yes, amazing, awesome. Um, okay, so moving on from there. Um, I got to work with Vanessa Williams and Cicely Tyson. So I, if you can work for Ms. Tyson, it's Ms. Tyson, it's in contracts. Um, it's very specific, <laughs> the wording and what you have to say, what you have to do to get them, um, you can get fired really quickly. If you look at someone wrong, if someone doesn't like to look at you, um, the theater world and the entertainment world, they're, they're divas. They've, I mean, Miss Tyson is, is a legend. She just passed away. Um, and yes, she put me in her, her contract to do her makeup when she died. Uh, Holy shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One night. Okay. There's a story. One night. Um, so we, she had a bed in her dressing room with white pristine linen. She had Oprah's flowers that sent to her. She had like all these um, flowers and she had that smoke machine for her voice, you know? So she's lying there arms crossed, totally still. This is like 15 minutes to places. Like we start the show in 15 minutes, the girl's still in her her, her underwear and I got to do her makeup and hair. Um, Broadway, you don't get to do hair and makeup. You have to do one or the other in the union. So she put a special rider in her contract to have one person touch her, do hair and makeup. So we really bonded. She was like my grandmother. So She's lying there. I'm like, Miss Tyson, I'm going to start your makeup now. So I would have to hold the cream I would use first up to the light to warm it up in order to put it on her skin because it was too cold. <sighs> so then, um, I know, I know. I Who are you telling? She wakes up and she said, mm, do you do dead people? I said, um, anyone here? Am I on hidden camera? Because it was dark. The lights were like, like, damn. Like, mm, um. I think I could do it. You know, just like, ha, 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 funny, funny, move on. Well, she took it serious and put it in her will. Welcome to my life. Welcome to my life. Um, oh, so my God. That was, that's so, like, crazy and cool. <laughs> it's um, the amount I, of stress. Like, I don't, like, if we can just pause. Sure. Because what the fuck the amount of stress it takes to do celebrity. <laughs> so I can I share one very short story yeah. that I can't even talk about. I got the opportunity to do hair on Lady Gaga's stupid love video. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it takes a different type of stylist, right? Not me. I would never do that again. It's like being called to the military. Like I'll do it to serve my industry but i won't volunteer to go like yeah. fuck that it was awful i literally cried every single day How the stress it? it was like five days that's amazing two days oh yeah daniel it was amazing um i literally had 20 years taken off my life it was the best and worst experience of my life because i literally went from being the shit to being nobody <laughs> <laughs> I know absolutely nobody literally. And like, that wasn't the hardest part, but my skill was not there. And I, I got the opportunity through Joyco as a colorist. I'm very great at color. Right. But when I got there and realized like they said, we need people who specialize in wigs. And I was like, um, uh -uh. 
I have two assistants who can help. One of them like wears a wig here and there. And the other one worked on theater, Elise mm-hmm. and Alexandra. So they let me take two assistants with me. So I was like, I'll do the color there. They'll do the wigs and put the wigs on Daniel. <laughs> when, when I say like, I shouldn't have been there. It was a God thing. Like I've got got tattooed on me. Like before all yes. of this, I love her more than anybody. Like she's literally like my mentor and guiding light. Like she's who I aspire to be that opportunity was amazing. And the fact that I could bring my people with me and I did it with a bunch of my best friends, you know, I did it with a bunch of my friends. So it was just like an incredible experience. Right. But wow. I grew more with that kind of stress. It it was a huge growing experience, but the stress, like, how do you deal with that? And you just like with people and like the, these people who are like, yeah, I, I get called for the people who are, quote, technically difficult. Um, I kind of know when the producer is kind of like, so we're, you're really going to have to pull out all the stops that you do because I've heard so many great things about you. I'm like, oh, oh God. So that already means to me I'm charging you more. <laughs> My well, rate just went Yeah, and like I'm a color correction specialist. So like the oh. stress and the experience and all of that, like – I told you have to charge more. It's just a different skill set. So you're not only skilled in a different technical, but you are just like, you can handle the pressure. My, okay. How I look at my job is they're looking in the mirror a hundred percent of the time to go do their job. I do not want them to get caught up on my curl is not in the same spot every night because that's going to throw them off. I need to do my job so they are not worried at all. Like when I work with Vanessa Williams, we never talk about hair. Hair is the last thing we talk about. So when we do that, it we're talking hab gab, like the music video we just did together. Like we, not two words. How are you? How's your mom? How's your sister? She's so crazy. Like that's what we talk about just so that she knows her hair is going to be good. Except for that one time where she wanted an updo. And who did not, I've ne- I've been never asked to do an updo for her in my, like when I say my whole experience, she's like, oh no, I want it up today. She was singing the national anthem at the US Open for the opening day. No pressure. Um, did not have a rubber band. Did not have a rubber band on me. I had to take a piece of her track hair and tie it around to make it an updo. You don't understand. I'm like, I don't have a rubber band. Who doesn't have a rubber band? Me. So, but it did make Vogue top 20 um, hairstyles of Vanessa Williams. Thank you very much. Um, so you have to think on your feet. My uh, TV and film is more thinking on your feet than theater. Theater is a little bit more of a controlled chaos. Like we know it's going to be a big mess, but we're going to get it down to a fine oiled machine. So we could just do the same thing again and again. TV and film, well, TV really you get the script the week before, you're shooting the next week, you may need 14 wigs because stunt doubles. I do a ton of stunt double work for like uh, Marvel um, when they did all their stuff in New York. Uh, I would get a photo of the back of their head and they would say, do you have something that matches this? Because most actors don't run, they don't jump, they don't jump across the buildings, it's a double. So I'll make wigs that match their that match the actor's hair. So that's sometimes you can kind of be like, oh, it's a little weird. Like we were talking about on our podcast, which you should all check out. Um, yeah, totally, I'll link it in the comments. And you said, oh my God, I know, <laughs> you do the blacklist and Steve and I have been binging that show. So season three, so when um, Elizabeth Keene went blonde, we were, we made her stunt double blonde. So that was my wig. And then when uh, Pee Wee Herman um, was on, he has a wig 
put in his contract. Like it is in his contract. He will not perform without a wig on. So the department head didn't have a wig. So who did she call? Me. Um, And I'm literally in the room. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm looking in the mirror as I'm ventilating his hairline just to make this wig match. So you make shit happen. We make it happen. Um, So yeah, that's been a, a lot. Another show. So Vanessa kind of took me to like a couple different Broadway shows with her. Um, I got to work with like Patti LaBelle, um, which new show every day. Um, I can't say, oh, okay. We'll have to come back to it then. Um, The. Yeah. You have strict non, you can't say. So there's a ton of confidentiality agreements. So like when I did Heidi Klum's hair, when she was the big red robot, when she was with seal, um, that was that was my first. I'm gonna say that that was my breaking out of my shell. That's the first big wig. I well, it was a huge wig, for um, for someone, and it was a 92 page confidentiality agreement I had yeah. to sign to, to just go into the room that they were in, and then that was the first time she actually let someone else help her get ready for the show. Like I was the start of her allowing people to do it. Normally, you would just drop it off, and she put it together, and hopefully, it looked good. So. I was the first year, it was just her, me, and Seal in the room uh, for around seven hours getting everybody ready. It was just me. And mind you, she said the night before, don't forget to come dressed up because you're coming to the party. Uh, so then I had to make a Halloween costume that I was in all day. And I was a, a drag ghoul with these huge heels. So I'm putting this on, it was a mess. I was such a mess. And then she's like, get in the back seat. I'm like, okay, great. Um, so that was fun. Uh, a lot of pressure once again. Ooh, that was a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, so I'm Googling all of these because okay. I'm like, <laughs> because I like love to see the visual. And if I could be yeah. honest, like I know some of the celebrities, but other ones I'm like, wait, who is that? And I want to see. And I'm like, <gasps> like literally, I'm just like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> it's so intriguing to me. And I just think like, I have so much respect, like, cause I couldn't, I can't handle the pressure. Like I, I Robert Cromine said this a long, long time ago. He's like, I don't want to do celebrities hair. I want people to come to me and think I'm the celebrity, literally me as a person. Uh, I do uh, not want to do it because I would not, I, I, and my skill isn't there for unset. It's just, no, I think it's humble pie though. For me personally, it is humble pie because it's not about you. You know, it's about production. Uh, When you think about production to do one television show, it takes about nine days of working 12 to 14 hours a day. So for one minute on set, uh, well, okay, let's per hour, it's about $150,000 an hour. That's how much everyone, so if they're holding up for hair or makeup, that's holding up all of that. So you just need to be on your, your stuff. That's why being in the union really does I don't want to say help you with those skills, but it really sets you apart from other people in the industry. Um, a union Let's talk about the union. Not, yeah, yeah. Because that is like so foreign to me. It's for pension, welfare, and benefits and a contract rate. So it has minimum rates that you can have. It's mostly with like um, ABC, NBC, all the network televisions have contracts, Hulu. um, So these contracts are for basically like meal breaks, how much you can make an hour. It's all minimums, you know, because they don't want you and like turnaround time. So that's from like the time you get offset to when you're back on set. 
but it does not get you the job. Your skill and your networking and your chutzvah to go out there and get these jobs, you still have to do that. You still have to network with other hairstylists to call you for jobs if they're too busy. That was like um, my big thing before the pandemic. It would be like these heavy hitters would give my name to people because they're already on the heavy hitting shows. So their people would reach out. So that's kind of like how you get in this like loop of like, oh, Daniel's great and he does wigs. So then my wig business really took off. Like everyone was calling me, oh, do you have a wig here? And the turnaround time. Oh, we need it Thursday. It's Wednesday night. I'm like, um, okay, great. So they'll have a car service come pick it up. I'll put the wig in the car and go. So I'm doing color at like two in the morning so they could have it for set for six o'clock. Um, so it's a different world. Uh, but the union, um, you have to apply. It is $3,500 to join. And then you have a weekly due. Um, so every time you work theater, it gets taken out of the check already. For TV and film, you have to put in the day. It's I think $18 a day that you work and you pay your union dues and then quarterly dues um, to be within good standing within the union. The union is a bargaining agreement. It is coming together collectively as um, stylists and artists. Uh, there's some for the... Teamsters, so people who drive the trucks around. We have props, we have wardrobe, we have hair and makeup. We have um, local one, which is really strong. Um, the So all these unions come together to work on these big shows. Uh, there's different tiers in the union. So tier zero to tier three, and then majors contracts. So that's like each contract there is, and that's depending on the budget of the show. So a tier zero can, I think it's under a million dollars. And then it goes up from there, like 10 million, 20 million, 40 million. Um, and then network. Network television just has unlimited supplies of money. So you can kind of do whatever you, you want. Um, did that answer like... Like so union. can I join a union? So in order to join the union, you have to have 180 working days in the field that you want to work in. You can choose hair or makeup. You cannot do both. Uh, you can cross crafts once. It's called crossing crafts. So in the union, we really care about keeping jobs for people. So say I, I could do both hair and makeup, but on jobs, I will hire a makeup person to give them a living wage. So I want to make sure we are giving people jobs so that it's not just all like get, no one's getting a deal, you know? So it's no like all about equality and it's all about like standards for wages and working and all that. That's great. Especially for on set because you can get your ass kicked. Oh, I mean, and just like overtime meal penalties. So every six hours we have to have a hot meal catered or we have to have an hour break. Uh, we get half an hour lunch uh, catered on set. So then say we go past it, then it's like a fee every half hour, you know, and then it you kind of negotiate like it's negotiation. So you always have the minimum, but as a department head, I... Uh, okay, let's go over that. So we have department head, we have key, and then we have hairstylists. Those are like the three positions on set that you'll have. That I um, was a key. I was a key on Lady Gaga's. <laughs> I was a key, motherfuckers. <laughs> it was literally like I peaked on that week, but I also like died. I was just like, I'm done. Well, there's a lot to it too. And no one teaches you. And that's where I felt... That's why I created the books that I did from Broadway. I I want this. I 
I had to write it down because no one's really teaching this stuff. No one is teaching these old school techniques that are so valuable, like wig hacking. Like you don't need to make a wig from scratch. You cut off a wig and you just ventilate the front hairline. It's all about hairlines. I love hairlines, like making it look natural, the lace, knowing the different types of lace there are. Uh, And no one wrote this down. Uh, The old mentality I feel in the union, because I came up in the union, was very, no, no, I can't show you this wig. Like, but I got the job. Aren't you going to show me the roller set? No, no. So I would have props. That's where you get really like close with props. And I would have to go and ask them to put in a mirror behind me on the wall in the corner so I can still look in my mirror and do the mirror mirror lingo. So I can look in the mirror, look behind me and look and see what they're doing just to learn the roller set. Cause they didn't want to give these skills away cause they think they weren't valuable. Like if they taught it to someone that they would not have enough for them. Well, you know, in 2021. I mean, there is no Broadway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say like 2021, I was just doing a podcast with Ashley Norman right before this. And she was just saying, and I totally agree. Like when we started off, I started off 12 years ago. She's like, I think 16, 17 years ago. And she's like, I paid like six G's to go to Vidal Sassoon for six right? weeks. People are like complaining about a $300 ticket when the educator comes to you and it's like, you're so fucking spoiled. (laughs) Like the amount of information I give out for free. And then they want more. For free. Oh yeah. They always want more. And it's just like joint, it's like joint mastermind. It's like pulling teeth to get someone to pay $40. And it's like, look at how much you have for free. Like support the educators, like get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But literally these there is so much available now. Like people are spoiled. Like we had to figure it out for ourselves. Like I figured out like my color techniques from literally self-taught, you know? And it's like, I I took a lot of classes when they became available, but the first five or six years, it was just like, I was just trying to make it work and I never gave up. And now there's stuff that's available and people still don't execute on everything that they have. And it's just like, come on. I think the free education is, is it's helpful. And then hurting in the same way. And I keep, for me, I like to tell people, you know, see who they are, where they come from and look at the receipts, look at receipts, who's actually doing it, you know? Cause I think the, the saturation of the education has been, everyone has a book. I get it. I understand. Um, and everyone can, you can learn something from everyone, but what do you really want? Do you want someone who's only been halfway through what, what you, where you want to go? Or do you want someone who's going to get you almost to like, Like if people want to like mentor with me, basically I would write them a letter to get into the union and I've done it for seven people. All seven have gotten in, but you know, it's about community. That's like all. And that's how my mastermind stuff is. Like I did a coaching call with someone for 90 minutes the other day. I literally built her fucking education business in 90 minutes. And it's just like, you know, you could take a course, but are you really going to do it? It's like that commitment and then the community and sticking with it and being a part of it, you know, and being part of communities that like want you to be your own. Yeah. You know, they want you to be independent. And it's so true. I think that people really need to think about that. Like, are you just going to buy courses? Are you going to be a part of something and actually execute? Are you going to be a professional student? That's what I say. Are you going to be a professional student? Are you actually going to take the shit you learned and put it into practice? Because as like, 
I could show you till I'm blue how to ventilate, but if you're not going to go put in the hour at home ventilating, I can't help you. You know, you can only go as far as we bring you. Like you could bring, what is it? You could bring a horse to water. Bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. (laughs) And I've been there many times. Like this is not like, I've been told to my face, you're never going to work again in this industry. Several times by like big people who are, have like some big clout, everyone. Do you want me to fight them? (laughs) Oh no, their payback was very, very good. So it's okay. Um, So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all about connections, relationships, and how you handle stress. Like in the TV and film world, it is full on pressure. Um, so when I'm on set, I don't even get to hear the words they're saying. All I can do is look at their hair, make sure it stays the same. You know, the continuity where they're doing a scene and they're looking back and forth at each other and the, the scene changes. So that's a completely different time that we're looking at that other person. So we film one way, looking at someone and then we turn around it's called and then we film the other person so you know how the bang splits that's how i know no one's doing their job and i always stay to the credits and then i call them and i let them know they picked your worst take um so i tell people that we have to be on top of our shit like continuity frizzy hair are we trying to make it look real are we like who are they so and then I fight with productions about having textured hair on camera, whether it be tight curls, loose curls, they all want this pigeonhole, like beautiful beachy waves. Like Beyonce. Everyone. Every, they all want the same, the, like. That perfect straight, it, it's like straight, but curled hair. Right. And middle America, because that's who these shows are really based off of, because that's where people want. And we're, in the hair and entertainment industry, we are creating hairstyles that people will want to re- recreate, you know, hopefully on some of the shows. But if it's a cop show, it's a ponytail. Let's get over ourselves. Um, you know, so, <laughs> You're not but wrapping. is it a ponytail? I never, would you wrap your own ponytail when you do a ponytail? Would you no. wrap it? No. So I, I don't believe in that. I say match the color, match the band to the ponytail. You're not going to put a blonde ponytail on a black black hair, not in my book, but you're gonna put a black one on a black and a blonde on a blonde. That's just matchy match. Um, that makes sense at all. No, totally. And if anything, like, you know how they do the before and afters of a ponytail with extensions? Like you've seen that, like if you're going to do anything, like just make the ponytail bigger and better. And if you're going to alter it all, but don't make it look like an updo if it's a cop show. Right. If it's a cop show, how did she do it herself? How, what did she just go through? Did she just get into a fight and she's coming out with beautiful beachy waves? No, I don't think so. So as a hairstylist, I have to know what their progression is. What, what is their backstory? Where, what have they done up to this point in time that we're actually catching on camera? So we have to give them that backstory kind of sort of. And when we're pitching the show, like if I'm pitching a show to, like when I pitched, uh, let's not talk about it, but uh, they did, <laughs> the production wanted, loved my inspiration. I had texture. I had every type of hair, shape, color, so- like every up, down, around all these iconic looks, but they loved it. And I went up against four huge Emmy award winning hairstylists for this job. And I'm like, oh, I'm not getting it. I saw them there. I'm like, eh. I'm going to go in and have fun. I have my little sheets. I was just, this is what I think. This is what this person should be. Because you get one scene of the show or the first episode, the pilot, normally they give you to read. And then you kind of base your designs off of that. And then 
So I show them all my things and they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I love where you're taking it. I love what you're doing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Then we get to the talent. Um, no, they wanted um, long straight Beyonce hair. So I'm, I'm in these production rooms with these major network television shows and they're like fighting me for natural curls. I'm like, what? I don't understand. This is how her hair would naturally be. What do you mean? Not everyone has blown out straight hair. Well, people so, don't understand. They they just don't understand. And how the hair grows out of the head is a different texture. Like it's just diff- a different texture. And when you kind of go against it, it takes away from the authenticity of it. It takes away from the natural beauty. And it's more beautiful when it's natural, no matter what. And for me, when I'm in there, it's also going to be less time, Right. Production needs to be, so then instead of me worrying about the hair and like, ooh, what products and all this, and then mind you, I have to get the product. I have to schedule time to do the hair. You know, that's why we mostly use wigs, to be quite honest. It's cutting down on time. That's I can what put we a wig had to do on the set. It was 50 it's dancers. 20 minutes. We, no, we styled the wigs with the two days of prep. The wigs were styled and put away in like a freaking perfect way. And then the whole yep. day of, we just glued them on. Bam. How long did they give you? Two hours. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck my I life. A, <laughs> 20 minutes. That's that's what I give <laughs> myself. 20 minutes per wig. Um, I give yeah. myself 20 minutes for a half highlight. So I guess that's fast. Yeah. It's so that's what I mean. Like, And you've been doing it. Like, I can put a wig on with my eyes closed. But I'm also putting wigs that, that I made. And I know that fit. If we have to do, if I'm buying something off the rack or they're coming in with their own thing, it's probably not custom made for them. They're, you know what I mean? So there's all these variables and production doesn't understand that unless they're on shows. Like I have some clients that it's a $20,000 wig and they get three per season, you know? So, so they already know. So it's education. Once again, we have to educate no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter what field we're in our expertise. We've gotten here for a reason. We got to these points in our lives because of the situations we've been in. We have to tell people, we have to educate them to bring them on the level so we can have a real conversation. (sighs) Did that, I mean, who did I miss? (laughs) Did I miss anything? What did I get? No, you're amazing. Um, (laughs) Wigs have been truthfully my bread and butter through the pandemic. Um, I don't need my, my client. I create a bubble. I'm, I'll just, I'm, I create a bubble. You copy their head hairline. I know you can't see on the podcast, but you can go on all my, my stories and see all this. I have yeah, everything. Follow him. What's your handle? I, uh, Daniel Coy official on IG. Um, that's where most of my stuff is anyway. Um, and then I have that bubble. So I, I have up here, um, I have Vanessa's head. I have Fantasia Bruno's head. I have, um, oh, can I, can I, can I say I have Jude Law's head. Mm. Um, I have, um, Dan Stevens. I have Patty LaBelle. Um, so I have their head. So all they have to do is give me a call. Hi, I need a wig for this show. Well, Vanessa kind of just sends me an email with the guy who I have to go talk to the department head. She's like, 
take care of this, copy you. So that I will go and talk to them and they'll be like, oh, we would love a long, whatever. I'm like, mm, it's probably not gonna happen. I'm just gonna send you what she normally gets and there you go. And then that's money in my bank. I make the wig, I have a stock of wigs that I pull from. Um, so it is just extra money in the bank. Like I rent wigs for proms, you know? Like this is a huge industry and you can put it in your salon. That's let's talk about that. How does someone get started? First and foremost, I would get information. Let's just think about how what missed opportunities we already had in the salon. Most of the time it's cancer. I'm gonna I, I know it's a harsh one to talk about, but I would love to have stylists have the information behind it so that they can talk about it, whether they know how to do it or not. You know, I'm not saying go be a world wig maker, but you actually can have the conversation. What do you want? If you know this client for a long time and they just got like, they just tell you, oh, I have cancer. I have to go for chemo. Oh my gosh. Why don't you call Daniel? He can actually cut your hair off and give you a wig um, between, between the time you lose your hair and he can make a wig out of your own hair. That's insane. You know? So like, that's an option. Do you know what I mean? Like that's an option. for How them. many and hours does that take you? And you're fast. So let's just assume that like you're you like, we'll double your time. Well, so 90 hours is what it is a normal in the normal world to make a full wig from scratch one hair at a time all the way around. But I have like wig hacking techniques that I do that can take it down to eight hours to four hours. Wow. And you're still charging the full price. Like that's the thing. Like people think, oh, well, I'm not doing the whole thing. So I should charge less. No. It's, it's a you product. Know at the end, it's a product. Does it fit? I care about fit. I want that fit to be on point where it fits like a glove. I don't want it stretchy. I don't want it baggy. I don't want the lace not to line up. I'm copying your hairline. First, like it's the hairline. I want your hairline. I want all the nuances of it. So I have some clients who've been through chemo for years. So they sent me photos of their hair back in a ponytail and I recreated their hairline um, wow. so they can actually have it. And that that means more to me than making these wigs for shows, to be honest, to see them go and tuck the hair behind their ear like they used to. That alone gives me chills. You know, me too. like the or if they start playing with it as like now with it Zoom, they send me their bubble, I make the wig, I send it back to them, and they put it on. We have a fitting over Zoom and they start playing with it again. I get goosebumps, I cry. I know I'm one of those. Um so it'll take about 90 hours to make a wig from scratch. I would definitely, in the salon world, probably send it out, find someone who knows how to make them, or you could just call me at that point. Send it uh, to you. Or yeah. like, honestly, so that was another question I had is like, what's wig hacking? Like what, yeah. what, because your group, your community is called wig hackers. And then wig you hackers. have the wig hackers yeah. podcast. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, what is wig hacking? And then you telling us that like, okay, it usually takes 90 hours and you right. can cut it down with your techniques and you'll yeah. teach people how to do this. They don't need any experience to take your classes. No oh experience. Oh, I, I was never formally taught. The guy who taught me was Paul Huntley. He just retired. He's like 98, 99. He, he's done everyone in the book, like everyone. Um, so he, he, ne he does not teach. He does not write down. He does not tell you how. He just does it. I did a full bobby pin perm set on a wig with this man. Bobby pin perm set, everyone. If you Wait, thought you... So 
What? Bobby pin. Bobby pin to make textured hair because we couldn't get the right texture that he wanted. Genius. Also on stage. Okay, this is a little tangent, but um, because all the stage lighting was very red, right? All that redness to the stage. So a normal brown would kind of come out a little mahogany, a little bit more red tone to it. So he would dip all of his natural browns in green writ color dye to tone it out. So when the light hits it, it's a true brown. Genius. Writ color dye, everyone. Um, wow. Don't go try that though. But <laughs> you could use real color. But <laughs> he didn't know because he was not, he did not go to cosmetology school. He's a wig maker. Wig makers do not need to have a license. That's where I have a little, I'm a little like on the fence because I do care. So I do push people to go to beauty school so they can do all the things real. Um, but you don't need it necessarily. And making a wig, this pandemic, I've farmed out to people sitting on their couch, like got them through the COVID. Like you can just sit on your couch and ventilate and you don't even need to see your client. You know, if you are tired of being behind the chair, I mean, there's people needing it. So I mean, there's a huge need for it. And it's just, if you don't have the solution, like we can sell a billion bottles of texture spray because we have the solution <laughs> to the problem they're asking. You know what I mean? Like if they want texture, we have a solution in a bottle. And when it comes to hair loss, when it comes to chemo, so even going back to the information segment of what you were saying, like there's cancer, maybe they, you know, alopecia, or if they have thin hair in itself and extensions are not an option. You know, I know we love extensions. We love tapins. We love all of this. They're not for everybody. They're not. And this is a beautiful and it's not your grandmother's wig. A wig is so light. You don't even know it's on. You don't even need glue. Like a true wig made for someone to fit them. It fits like a perfect garment that was made for you. You know, it's not it's like a tailored. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it like, it just slides on. It fits perfect. So because it's that specific, it is more money. You know, so that's where wig hacking kind of comes in, where you take the best of the machine-made wigs that are on the market. Our advancements in the wig industry have come huge, right? They have wefted back wigs now. They have synthetic hair, all the things you can use. So you take the best parts of the shitty, and then you put the even better parts on. So the hairline and the part. I normally do a T. So the part and the front. And then that that's easily an extra $30,000 a month you can put into your business. That's crazy. For how many hours? Um, um, someone, wait, someone did figure this out. So I think it was with an extra 20 hours a month to bring in an extra 30. Holy shit. It's incredible. And there is a need for it. And like, you know, just the ones that you listed, but you know, and I have to be honest, you know, when a guest would come to me with hair loss, I would say, contact your doctor, but it, I'm, <laughs> Like for a solution like that, because I wasn't skilled in providing them a wig solution and I didn't know who to send them to. And in our area, there's not a lot of people. It's not like mainstream. I feel like, I feel like it's just like a couple like it's golden people. It's no, it's coming up. It's coming up. It is mainstream. It's just, you don't realize that everyone in Hollywood has a wig, but like in our industry, I feel like there's a couple really great people like right. you being one of them. Um, I know Cynthia Lumsey's cool. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different wig artists and the everyday stylist who is passionate well, about extensions. Imagine being able to offer everything. 
Oh, to be honest, this is, this is, I feel is the transition for those people who have mastered extensions and really want to up their game where, okay, 2,500 for extensions. Cool. Well, you can charge, you know, five to six to seven, especially if we're doing these long, you know, these Amazon wigs, I call them like, they're just long hair and they're thick. You can charge stupid amounts for it you know, but it's the fit. If you get the fit right and the hairline, I can make a $20 Amazon wig look like a billion bucks and sell it for $5,000 with a beautiful hairline. Trust me, I buy them in bulk. If there's a sale, I'll buy 10 to 12 of them for 20 bucks each and sell them for five grand because I copied their hairline and it's made for that specific person, you know? So like keep that in mind. There are we, there are different we, avenues for everyone. Yeah, we need to join wig hackers right now and get this bread <laughs> and like help people because it's it is something that like you know as a stylist, and I have to say it. You know, I I specialized in my career in color correction, and I can do all textures. Um, styling was never strong for me, and I really pigeonholed and focused on color. Was it great? Yes. Am I a great teacher? Yes. Would I take everything back? No. However, I think that, you know, there are like, I want to be like a master hairstylist and there's so many, say you don't want to be a teacher and stand on stage. Say you don't want to own a salon. Say there's like, you know, whatever you can become like there's so many different areas of the industry as far as hair goes that if you spend five years on each area, cut, color, style, extensions, wigs, you can truly be and build an empire of like, you know, but really focusing on those things, like to be able to like solve all of those problems. See, I love how you come from it. Like we're solving problems. I love that so much because that's what I do every, like on set. I don't know what I'm coming into. I don't know who casting has casted. I don't even know if they have enough hair for what they want. The script may call for something completely different. So I love that you're like, we solve a problem for our clients. And yeah, we do. And it's, well, what I was getting at too, is like, it's like, you kind of feel bad if you specialize and you can't help them. It's almost just like, I can't help you. And then to not have like the right resources. Cause they're really in, in our area. I can't even name a wig maker. <laughs> I right? can't. No, I can't. It's just a very niche and very specialized thing. And I think that people are intimidated by it, but I don't think they should be, especially when there's people like you making it easy. Yeah. I, I just want people to have the information to be more honest than anything else. I really want people to know so you can grow. Like, I know that sounds so cliche. I just want you to know wigs. You don't need to master it, but you need to know behind the chair to say you're behind the chair and someone comes in with these issues. You, you have to have something to tell them and, Oh, go get a wig. Great. Fine. Awesome. Where? But what is a real wig? So you're going to send them to, let's just say the beauty supply store. And that's not a real wig. That is not made for that person specifically. And that's why I came out with actually cutting off the hair and making the wig out of their own hair. That's incredible. So that's, and that's why it, because it's theirs, it's matching their own hair. It's matching it. It's their own hair. They're used to it. So I just, uh, we need to know what a real wig is. And that there's different, like, there's a Chevy version of a wig. And then there's the Tesla. I say I, I make Tesla wigs because 
you can't match it up like I do. Um, I think a so Range Rover is better than a Tesla. Really? <laughs> I have a Range Rover, so I'm like, <laughs> fuck a Tesla. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just talking about price, to be honest. Because oh, okay, someone, okay, okay. So say they are a wig wearer now. Why do I have ADD? Chevy. Sorry. No, but say they're they're used to like these machine-made wigs that are out there, right? Even if they're ventilated, even if they're from a manufacturer or whatever, that is still not a custom hand-tied made wig for that person, you know, so like true. That, that, that anywhere between eight to 90 hours in my lap, like that is not the same as a wig that you find on Amazon or Alibaba or wherever you're getting your wigs from, you know, and then it's how long do you need it? Are they ripping you off? Do they look shitty? Of course they look shitty. They can't use the lace we use. Um, so in my, um, my wine and wigs, I kind of go over everything. Um, they're free. I have people just to come to learn. I just want people to learn, come in, see see my studio, see all the things. I show people everything. There's a great group of people that come in and we just talk every Wednesday, six, six o'clock Eastern Standard Time to just like talk about wigs. Where talk is about- that? Clubhouse? It's going to be, it's on Zoom. Zoom so you thing. can sign up with my link in the bio because I I tried Clubhouse. I know that's where we met and I love it so much. But wigs, I want people to see it. They have to, yeah. Like I as much I can talk about hair as much as I want. And that's all I've been doing lately is talking about it and typing about it. But I want people to see it. Cause a machine with a machine-made wig versus a hand-tied wig, the thickness and the way it moves, completely different. Totally. And you want it to move. You I like to tell wig makers and wig stylists, you want people to ask them, who did your hair, not who made your wig. And mm-hmm. that's that's the key for me. When you can trick the eye. So when wigs were first came out, it was for theater. And well, not first came out. It was because people had lice and they didn't have hair and they needed to protect their head from the sun in the, the Egyptian time. So it was actually made out of tar, feathers, old hair, fur, and it was more as a cap on their head to protect them. It's like more of a hat, technically. And then it's just through the ages, it's changed into hair to make it look like they have um, wealth and wellness. And so it's changed. Now we have- Evolution, yeah. Yeah, the evolution of a wig. Um, That's a cool- uh... Yeah, I need to- I started, I need to finish it. Um, That's really cool. The real evolution of the wig to see where it really came from and how it's gotten to where we are now, where we do, we are seeing, you know, um, like Tokyo Styles, um, even Cynthia's wigs, you know, these are machine made from a manufacturer, but they're still not custom made for a client. You have to pluck, you have to bleach, you have lace that is not, not made for it. So- it's just that education again. It's just that education part. Like, uh, even, even for, um, you know, for religious reasons, the, the Jewish, the Hasidic Jewish community wears wigs to cover their head, to show people that they are, um, taken, that they are married, you know? And there was a time, a fun fact, a time where the, um, the, the Jewish uh, priests came together and said, oh, we have to have a haircut specifically for married women because the wigs were looking too pretty. Hmm. So they had to come together as a religious community and create a hairstyle so that m- other single men will know that this woman is taken. 
that she's married. So fun little fact. It's um, like step off. Right. I'm like, oh, I, I, and those wigs are expensive too. And they are hard fronts and they're just learning about lace now. So yay. But, and that, ugh. and then I can't talk to them. I have to get permission from their husbands to talk to the wives about their hair. I'm like, girl, I do not want her. So anyway, um, <laughs> Um, what other- I love talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you get. You never know where I'm going to go. I love it. It's just so great, and I'm learning so much. Like I love doing the podcast because I learn so much from so many amazing people. It's the best. So I love podcasts. A, we can go deep. Where you some- went deep on ours? Oh, I mean, I had. I even cried when I re-listened to it when it aired. So <laughs> that's just me. That's just me. It went, you went deep. I'm just keeping it bubbly and light. And this is, this is my life. This is what I do for work. Um, but yeah, I, um, being, uh, I'm going to say a personal stylist, um, you get a lot of requests. Um, so I had to hold a pee bucket for a client. Um, <laughs> that was, what? that is the, the one very, uh, that one gave me a lot of extra money. Uh, when I went to production with that request, I said, pardon, she would hold my shoulders and I would put the bucket underneath and hopefully she made it in. How about that? How does that situation even happen? Um, I mean, in this specific specific situation, um, they did not want to use the restroom. (laughs) Yeah. So that was fun. I've been punched. Um, I've been hit with a fork. I've been slapped. Um, this is as a hairstylist, everyone. I'm just doing some hair and some makeup. Um, I would go do her um, eyes and she would pretend to fall asleep. Mind you, we have 15 minutes on a Broadway show. So she's going like, and like I'm following her, like buffing out her eye to make her look pretty for act two, even though she's a hundred already. And she turns and she's like, you're going to follow me into the newspaper basket, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am. We have 15 minutes and you peed and took up 20 minutes of my time. So we need to make you look good for act two. And you want lashes? <laughs> <laughs> so all like, it's a time crunch, you know? So you just have to keep on it and keep going with it. Ugh. But then it's, how do you make them feel? Like, and this is with any service industry professional. How do you make them feel? Like, what do they have to worry about? Are you that social media craze person who's going to be taking stupid photos of them? Are you, what are you allowed to post? What are you not allowed to post? How are you going to act in front of them? Are you fangirling out? You know, I live really close to the Teterboro airport. So I have clients that fly in, come here, get their hair done, and then they'll go to the city. So like, are you like, that's why I'm single because I had a, I don't even know. I can't even say boyfriend, a boy I was talking to. He came out of the the bedroom and Heidi Klum was here and he's just like fangirling out. I'm like, mm, no, like, shut nope. up. I'm like, shut up a, and then like the bodyguard kind of got a little like, mm, who's this freak? Like just go pee and go back to bed. Like, mm. so it's just how you, how do you act in certain situations? Um, you know, especially on set, there is a chain of command. The department head is the the person who you look towards. So are you a go-getter? Are you always looking at your department head to see if they need anything for last looks? You're going on set, you're fixing what you need to do, and you're getting out. We should never be waiting on me. Um, I, oh, 
after Follies, I did Follies on Broadway. I was done. I was done with theater. I had enough. I wanted my my wig business to take off and go, and it wasn't going. And I got this phone call out of the blue. Hi, um, is this Daniel? I'm like, yes. Um, my name is Ed Wilson. I got. I have your resume from five years ago. Um, I'm interviewing for a new show. Would you mind coming in for an interview? I'm like, oh my god, I would love to. So I go in for this interview and. It was so quick, but it was so, it, it's to this day, I still go by it. He said, well, I really wanted to see you. You have the job because I love your personality because we're in such small quarters. I would rather have a mediocre hairdresser um, and an amazing personality in my room because I can't, I can't change your personality, but I can do the wig for you. And that has risen true. I want a happy hair room. I want actors coming in and not wanting to leave and us coasting them out. I don't ever want them to, oh, it's so tense or it's so, you know, that feeling you get when you walk into the room. Too serious. Oh, the Good serious. Culture. and Yeah. And the trailer, a makeup trailer is the size of a, a regular trailer. Like It's like small. Tra- it's small. Right. And we have now, hopefully now with COVID, we only have three people in there with our actors. So six people total. But it's just that small mentality. And are you a go-getter? Are you a helper? Do you want, are you a team player? So you know? can I share at the Lady Gaga shoot, once I did the color, I uh-huh. had no experience with wigs and I you didn't know me. I didn't know you. And I literally like to stand still with all the chaos going around. I was like, what can I do? What can I do? What are my gifts? What are my gifts? What are my gifts? <laughs> and I looked around and I was just like, I'm going to manage this whole set. I got all the models lined up in order. I made sure everyone had what they needed. I switched gears into like a assistant mm-hmm. and you know, that whole go-getter mindset and the mindset of just like, what can I add value to? It's like not being a diva. I like, think that that's huge. And I, the last day was the best day because like everything was done. The hair was fine, but like, you know, I felt like it, cause when the color was done, like that's what I was there for the color. And then we have two days of like putting, you know what I mean? I wasn't even styling. Richard Mano was styling for me. Um, so it was just like, okay, I'm here. How can I make a great impression? How can I do my best to be like a body on this set who is like helping? And I think that, you know, some people just don't get that. Like they don't have the optics yet and they they won't get a call back at all. When I say I, I give one shot, I'm giving you not just a day's pay, I'm paying into your pension, your welfare. I'm giving you a job. Like we need to look at it that way. And I used to be really, I would get taken advantage of a lot. And I would just hire people to hire people because they needed bodies. But now I don't care. You, I'm giving you a full day pay. You all can jump. You all can jump. Like, otherwise you'd be sitting at home. Maybe you'll be on this other set. That's fine too. But just like, and these, I'm not doing any big shows. I'm not doing a Bridgerton that has all these wigs or anything. I'm doing cop shows. So I'm already fighting to get another position on set so that we are covered, that I am representing my union and we're strong out there. And you're going to sit and you're going to be on your phone. You're going to be walking Uh, around. No. You're going to go to Crafty and like, where are you? Um, Last looks. I'm doing last looks on everyone. I should not be touching anyone but my actors. So yeah, my assistants and I, during the first two days of that, like we were, the rooms were so small, like it was incredibly tight. 
And, um, there were like certain people using certain things. So it was like, we, we didn't have anything to do for like maybe an hour or something. And it was like, get the fuck out of the room and go make yourself look busy. Like go look yep. busy, do something, sweep the floor, take out the trash, do something. You know what I mean? Like don't ever be standing there or on your phone or looking like you're there getting paid for nothing. You know, we weren't getting paid, but it was literally like, you know, it was like no, a volunteer like, type of thing. But, you know, you those to get your foot in the door on those things, that's it. That's a big deal. Like, I feel like I'm part of Lady Gaga. I am part of Lady Gaga history and I would do it for free again. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like that humble. I it's don't know. a lot like, I yes, it's humble, but it's also what is your worth ethic? For me, if I'm going upset on set and I'm looking around at my team, where are you? Are you looking at me? Are you paying attention? I should, my key when I'm on set and I'm just a day player, like coming on and they give me the one day, I'm looking. I'm also tall. So I'll stand up and I'll look just in case that the department head is looking around for someone, something's wrong. Something happened. They need something. Or they'll whisper to me, hair tie or spray, you know? So I got you. Here you go. Let's do it. So what you're talking about is like a super important trait that the best team members have, and it's called anticipating need. Ooh, 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 Ten, do it. 10 stars because the best people, you know, the best, like, you know, when I am assisting or training assistants and like, I'm working with someone fucking look at what I'm doing and think of what I will need and make sure it's ready. Don't wait for me to ask. You know what I mean? Don't wait. If you get asked to do multiple things per day, you need to practice anticipating need. Think ahead. How would you feel if you were that lead? What do you need? Do they need fucking water? Do they need a bathroom break? Do they need food? Like there's different things like put yourself in their position. And I feel like um, and when you're in a support staff role or when you're working on a team and the best leaders anticipate need. I, when I, and uh, you I'm just shook. hit it on the head, to be honest, like that. And you can't teach that, to be honest. I can only, well, also. Someone to listening honest. to this can take it well, and they'll either yeah. do it or not. You know what I mean? Like when they assist you, it's not like you have two hours to train them on how to be a great assistant. They need to show up with that skill. In the union, I expect you to already have it. Totally. I'm union. I, I want you to have this already. You will not come back ever again. You were late once. No, no, no. Late, if you're on time, you're late to me. I want you there early. I want you there. I want you early. I want you early. I want to know where you are. Let me know you landed. All of the things. I just need to know where you are so I can navigate my day. And not worry, is this person going to show up? And I've, okay, so I gave someone who is a big name, well, maybe in my world, in, in like session styling is really big, like huge. 20 years, did not get into the union, worked with every major celebrity, finally got in, can only day play because he does not have the skill to be a department head or a head. He literally came an hour and a half late. How do you even keep an opportunity? If I showed up an hour and a half late for my guests, they'd be gone in another stylish chair or, or writing me a bad review. Hello? Who do you think you are? That's the thing. It's, it is very humbling. It just, uh, and it, it could be, we're not, it's not brain surgery, right? We're these, everything is going to get washed out. For me, everything is, everything will get washed out. They're going to sweat it out. They're going to go take a shower. They're going to go party. They're going to do whatever. And I'm just like, are we going to, 
<sighs> I'm just so I'm. Mm. So you're bringing me back to the days of like, ye- like yelling at people in my brain. I'm like, how do you not know this? You're you've been in the union for how many years? So this is nothing new either. So oof. it's not. And I think that, you know, when you want to be a big player, whether that's doing wigs, whether that's doing hair, whether that's being a salon owner or working with a celebrity stylist or working with somebody who um, you admire or a mentor, like my mentor, and she was, she's literally just an everyday stylist, but she was fucking tough. You know what I mean? Tiffany. And she taught me how to be an amazing stylist with her eyes. When I didn't do something I was supposed to do or when I was doing something weird, she would stop me in my tracks with just her eye contact. I love her. I love her to this day. I would not be. And I have the same eye contact with my people too. Like if, if I can't say it, Uh, like you, it's like this eye contact of just like, what are you doing? And you can say a thousand words with your eyes. And it made me the stylist that I am. The tough critique will make you a better stylist. Stop being baby back bitches and literally take the tough critique. And if you're in a room where everyone's kissing your ass and like fucking sucking you off all day long, you're the smartest person in the room. You're in the wrong room. And your mentor is doing you a disservice. I just talked to somebody today whose stylist got three complaints, three complaints about the clients do not want to talk about religion. And the girl keeps talking about spirituality and which is fine, but somebody has to be open for that conversation. So I was coaching her and I was just like, well, have the conversation and, you know, let her know that you're doing her a disservice by not telling her because nobody's going to come back and the salon's going to look bad. You have to be open for these kinds of conversations and it's doing you a disservice to just let you fuck up. Because like you said, Daniel, you're never getting hired again. Ever. Ever. So when you get the tough critique, don't hate the player, hate the game. Like literally like the cream will rise to the top. Because to be honest, after you do me wrong, you're in my phone as DNA. Do not answer. <laughs> I don't even know who it is when they text me. I got. I don't of answer. Those. Like I have a list now of DNAs. You, you. I. I hope you're not on it. You know what I mean? Like, like that's where. Because I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what project you're on. I will never be on set with you. Be it supporting because. Also in our industry, I'll be a department head one day, but I'll also be background the next. And I will be doing just as good a job as a background or as a department head. I'm there for the team. I'm there to make the look together. Like you're creating art every day. It's the end result. Like that was the big thing. Like for the Lady Gaga shoot, I was like so stressed out. And I know it's the only thing I talk about because I was like the only time I can like actually relate to this. So it's like, I know I'm like beating it like a dead horse, but beating it, beating a dead horse, but like um you you got all the experiences to be honest on that one set yeah the oh you have no idea I cannot talk about a lot of the other things that happened with my (laughs) non-disclosure agreement and in fear um (laughs) not from Gaga though Gaga's a living breathing angel um but the big part of that for me and at the end of it I would have done it all over again because when you look at the music video for stupid love I was a part of that art And I feel like set work, that is the thing. It's like, you're leaving a mark, you're making an impact. It's like the ultimate portfolio and, um, showing up every day like that and getting those opportunities. It's not all because of skill. Yes. Skill is incredibly important, but the energy that you bring, and that's with fucking anything, whether it's hair, whether it's salon, whether it's set, whether it's education, 
You know, if I'm hiring people to assist me and I'm a total dick to them, people can feel it. uh, But they also feel when they can take advantage of you too. So you have to kind of know that balance as a, as a department head or as a owner, salon, a, a key, um, whatever. I, there's so many different names for all of the- As a leader. The, right. And you have to be able to read them too. So you also need to call out people on their, their BS, but then also let them know why. I mean, I give the why, because to be honest, in my job, you don't have to. It's like, all right, you're wrapped. Goodbye. That's it. That's all I say. You're wrapped. Done. You're off. No no jobs. No. Thank you for coming. Um, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> coming. <laughs> legit. Like, thank you. Goodbye. I don't know why that cracked me up. Thank you for coming. <laughs> um, so <laughs> with the eye contact, I was hired. So Dan, Steven and I got really close on the heiress and he hired me to do a couple of his like shoots afterwards. And I got Botox. Um, I need it for Look at my forehead. Them. No, are you ready? He's like, did you get Botox? I said, yeah, why? What's up? Do you know I hire you because I know if I did a good job by the expressions on your face? <laughs> oh my God. I can't like, oh shit. So now they can only do, like they have to do somewhere else so I can move my eyebrow. So I do this one eyebrow when it's bad, when it's off. I'm just like, it's like a fart. It's like, mm, what's wrong? <laughs> oh, so Keep an eye on that too. Make sure you know have those those things. Um, yeah, just uh, just be aware. Like, I mean, that's really what it's about. But wigs, I love wigs. If no one, I know we veered off to, to how we are, carry ourselves or how we. It's important. Because then I can't trust you if you're acting a fool in front of me, and I'm the boss. How are we going to act alone if I send you out on a job? You won't. You don't trust them. And you know what the worst thing is? And it sucked. Oh, my God. It, it just sucks. Like, I rarely recommend people for stuff unless I know them for a really long time. It is scary because if you fuck up, we get canceled. Not always, but a lot of the time it's like, you know, if if we trust our reputation in your hands and you don't show up. Oh, it's like the freaking worst and it's just so incredibly important. I just uh, show up and to honor those referrals. Right. Like the whole, the whole, just getting a referral and being grateful that someone actually thought of you. And behind the chair, same with behind the chair. Like you sent my client sends me their friend. Are you kidding? (laughs) Like, and it's for a reason too. You know, I, there's a reason why, like I always get called for, a lot of African-Americans on Broadway and theater and TV and film. Cause I just know how to work with their hair. Like, but then that's also production, not knowing there are other people than me. So once again, it's education. We got to educate. We got to educate, not just ourselves, but the people who are around. Ugh. And it never stops. I want like, it never, you can learn something every day. Like Absolutely. that's the, the uh, I never stop learning. I got I can called. tell. You have so much, so like your experience is so, I just love it. I want to join Wake Hackers, but I like will, won't log in because I have no fucking time. I don't even have enough time to like take a shower. <laughs> you don't have time to eat, girl. I know. I, I just know slammed what... a Jamaican beef patty like as we were doing the intro. <laughs> like... No, just call me. I'll get it done for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but now you have the information though to do that though. Absolutely. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you, like I'm the, now you know that you have someone that you can actually, oh, you know what? Let me, I don't say refer, but let 
go talk to Daniel because you know what? This is not my cup of tea. A, I don't have time to do it. I would love to do it, but I just don't have time. So then, then you could refer, you know, but you have that information now in your arsenal as an educator, you know, just talking about it to people and be like, yo, you know what? We do need to start talking about, you know, wigs and what they really are. You know, it's not just a wig that has a bang. Like if I see one more Naha winning, that is a $20 bang, 27613, and they just did a beautiful color on it. I want to scream. I want to scream. Because when I put in a custom-made, fully-made wig, they don't even know it's a wig. And I still don't get any recognition for that because I already tricked their eye. So, oh, that was a lot. No, you know what? And it goes back to community. And we were talking about how important community is. It's everything. And that connection and having these conversations is so incredibly important. And if you don't know where to get the information, where to get the answer, start with Daniel. I mean, Wig Hackers is amazing. But having these conversations openly and asking for help and finding the resources, like use Google, like get your get the information. And if your guests come in with cancer, alopecia, thin hair where extensions won't work, like there are solutions. And just having the information is step one. If you're in love with it and you want to do more, educate yourself. If you want to, you know, do more, become a master. And I think that at least having the information is bare minimum. Right. And I think everyone should have had it. I think Milady has done us a disservice having that small little chapter in the book. Um, I've been trying to get in contact with them several times to not say beef it up, but it is not, a, there's no regulation. And I get it. I understand it. There is no regulation to hair, ex extension hair, where the hair is coming from. Are we ethically sourcing hair? That's a like, big conversation we're going to have on here. Like, how are you getting that hair? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from a temple? Are you actually going into a small town and having someone ethically source your hair? So you're taking it from someone who's been wrapping their hair all year long and then paying them a decent amount that they can live for the whole year off that one head. That's amazing. So the place I get... Yeah, the um, I use Donabella extensions and I asked them... As I was like interviewing, as I was interviewing with them and I was like, can you tell me if this hair is ethically sourced? <laughs> and I was so nervous to ask because I had a great experience with them. I want to work with them. Um, and I asked and to my surprise, they were just like, thank you so much for asking. We don't talk enough about this. It's so important. Let us tell you everything. And I'm actually having Mindy McDermott. She's like one of the head people at big beauty industry group where they manufacture tons of different brands. And she was telling me that when we buy, like I'm getting my extensions put back in. And when I put my extensions back in, the fact that I bought these extensions helped a woman in a village feed her family for six months. And it's just like, See? if I buy this some, from some random DM from China, what? You don't know where, where it's coming, coming from. from. It could be cut off a dead body. So also, are you ready? Even in um, movie theaters, if women have long hair, they will go in movie theaters and just cut off the hair <gasps> with a Chevy with a heavy blade and they'll just steal it. So that's how people that, yes, there's a huge part. So make sure you wear your hair up in the movie theaters, everybody. Um, but they will cut to the movies off. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big, that was a big um, 
big scandal. That's one way um, scalpers do it. They'll go into little villages that are higher in the mountains because their hair will be thicker and more cleaner. And their hair will be so long, but they'll give them like oats or they'll give them like rice, you know? So they're not actually paying them money to like buy things that they need. Um, so it's, where do you get it from? How are you going to be sustainable, right? Because you're going to want to have the same quality again and again. So when they make the hair, it's all mostly coming from India, from a temple. Um, it comes, it's it's donated <laughs> for, for religious purposes. And then the church sells it to us or sells it to China, which hopefully they are putting it back into the community, like they say. Um, from what I heard, there is only three manufacturers from Temple Hair. Um, so you have to go through those three people, those three companies to get hair from temples. Hopefully, once again, I don't know back dealings. Um, you can't be but then sure. When they get it, no, no. Unless I see the ponytail on your head getting cut off, I cannot guarantee my, I can't guarantee it. Yeah. And that's just me talking. Yeah. And I know hair. Like I have people send me hair, like, like, but then remember on TV and film for the wigs that I'm making, I don't need the best. I need to make it look the best. And they're paying me an hourly rate to stay on set to make it look beautiful. So let's keep that in mind too. When I start talking about wigs, I don't really care about the quality because I'm going to make it look good because I know how. Hmm. So keep that in mind that I'm also now caring more for my consumer, for people who are coming to me that I'm not using their own hair, but like, okay, what is the best hair that I can get for them? What is the, what's going to hold up the longest? Is raw virgin hair going to be the best? Is single donor hair going to be better because it's from one person? So these are just things that we need to start thinking about as an industry. Is this all in your wig hackers group? Like, is oh, this- yes. This oh is, my. I talk about this all the time. Oh my like, God. I want people to know this information. Even extensions artists, like this is really, really great stuff. And it's just something we don't talk about enough. And on the podcast too. Oh yeah. Oh, the podcast I talk about all the time. So you can definitely, nice. or questions. And in my Wig Hackers community, I do an ask me anything. So you could just type in a question and I'll videotape you uh, an answer. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's my... That's my, my spiel. But we need to know. Once again, it's about the information. It's about knowing where it's coming from. How is the hair? Uh, just the lie that they use for bleaching the hair to a 613, it's not a bleach. It is made, um, it's the same product that they use to do um, fur to get that to be a white color. So then we're getting it here in the US and we're putting professional color on it. So that's why sometimes the hair is smelly or it, it's changing. You don't know how it's going to act. So that's why I always use just the deposit. I normally get a 613 and I always deposit a color down. That's how, that's my little color tech help. Uh, that's amazing. Daniel, thank you so much for making the time to be here and for being so generous with all of your amazing infos. And I think that you are just fucking awesome. Oh, no, you are. You, you are. Miles so much. Oh, you're the oh. best. I just love talking with you. I learned so much and just such a great convo and um, so much value. So thank you guys. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. I know. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I've been rambling. No, we both have. And it's like, you know, the these episodes, I feel like when we get really deep into it and we talk about the things that like are really important in the sense of like how, like everything we talked about was important today, but like, you know, how to really carry yourself 
Like maybe a stylist after hearing this can like take an inventory and just be like, shit, I, I have clients asking me this and I have no answer. I, you know, I need to step it up. And, you know, I hope that on this podcast and on all of our education that I'll speak for Daniel, but both of us that we help elevate you and your business and please check out all of his stuff. Like, where can they find you? What are they, what are you working on? Is there anything yeah. you want to um, share here at the end? Um, well, Daniel Coy official on IG, uh, Daniel Coy on Clubhouse. I'm trying to do more rooms. It's really difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. So I normally go into other people's rooms and then I'll kind of like pop up and say hi. Um, but you can go to danieldcoy.com. So it's like my name, D-K-O-Y-E.com is where all of the uh, education is. And you can find Wig Hackers community as well. I would love to see you in there. And Wine and Wigs. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m., I do a Wine and Wigs Live. Um, it's a Zoom call. You get a link. You can sign up in the link in my IG bio. Um, yeah, I cannot wait. Love it. Thank Thanks you so much, so Daniel. Much. Oh, my God, my pleasure. It was amazing. We have to do it again. Yes! <laughs> I love it so much. We'll do another one where I come on yours, you come on mine, because it was just been so fun. Um, I'm always here for you and I'm just so like excited to learn about everything that you're doing. And I hope that people listening, passionate about wigs, you want to elevate, sign up, check him out. He's amazing. Thank you, Daniel. I will talk to you soon. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Hey everybody. I want to remind you before we go that I'm going on tour. So I'll be traveling to 12 cities starting in August and going through November. I'll be going to Tampa, Florida at Smith and Maine. I'll be going to Orlando at Educe Salon, Fort Lauderdale, Hair Circus Freaks, Oakhurst, White Opal Hair, Miami, Emilio Briet Salon, Houston, Kaleido Hair, Atlanta, Jacob Kahn Hair, Las Vegas, J. Rua Glam Hair Salon, Salt Lake City at Create the Collective, Claremont, we're coming back to Cut House, in San Diego, we're going to my mentor and coach and idol salon, Robert Cromines. We're going to wrap up the tour at home at the Network Salon in Plansville for a hands-on class. It's going to be awesome. This class covers foiling, foliage, toning, pricing, consultation, Q&A, business, boundaries, everything. We are going to go in and it is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to meet you all. If you want to get a ticket, feel free to click the link in my bio on Instagram or as always, you could visit thenetworksalon.com. Hope to see you on tour. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. This episode is produced by Alora Media.